Welcome to Irish Illustrated Insider, brought to you by irishillustrated.com. I'm Pete Sampson with Tim Priester and Tim O'Malley. Bit of a weekend for Notre Dame football. Six arrests, two separate incidents, one dismissal, one indefinite suspension, and four players facing internal discipline. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know what happened, but the players involved, Max Redfield dismissed, Devin Butler indefinitely suspended, Tavon Coney, KJ Stefferson, Dexter Williams, Ashton White, all facing internal discipline, which does not spare them from uh, Notre Dame's Office of Community Standards, formerly Res Life. Um, but let's just jump into the Redfield stuff. He's out at for Notre Dame football, uh, 22 starts, a position of free safety with really no depth at all uh, and literally zero game experience. Um, just let's talk football first, and then we can get into Redfield as sort of a, a personality on the roster and what this means moving forward. But from a football perspective, what? how does this change the way you see Notre Dame's season? Uh, it changes for me the first game a little because you want the 22 starts, 23 starts, and your starting lineup down there in front of 98,000 in Texas. I don't know how much it changes the season because, and I'm gonna let, Tim's going to expand on this, but I don't know what he did all that well going in. Now, he's a senior, and guys that did not have great careers before their senior year and then really blossom are, they're, they're, they're many, they're plentiful at Notre Dame. I mean, Romeo Okor and Chris Brown last year were much better players, but as seniors than they were before. And I think Max Redfield had a chance to be a solid player. But it, there was no proof of it. There has there was no proof whatsoever that was going to happen. I do think it affects things because now they have to have a new starting free safety, whether it's a strong safety moving or a freshman, and he would have been better off down there in, in, uh, against Texas. Well, I don't think the moving of the strong safety is the right move. First of all, Trank, Drew Tranquil is, I mean, by his own admission, barely athletic enough to be a you know a pass defense strong safety. Moving him to free safety. And then starting Avery Sebastian, I don't think that that's the route to go. Not saying they won't do right, that, right. but I think the I, I think that from the outside looking in, the smartest move is Devin Studstill moving and starting a lot. Whether whether he's a, a a a freshman or not, he's the most qualified to step in the starting lineup. I think they will move Tranquil to free safety for the Texas game for communication purposes, and I agree with you that it's not the smartest thing to do. But I, I do think you're going to see as long as Sebastian's healthy, and I'm only saying this because we just saw Sebastian playing well. I think for that game. It's going to be tranquil back there, so they mitigate the damage, don't have as many mistakes. Because um, I think they probably figure they can beat Texas if they don't give up a lot of dumb plays. But I agree with you that it's going to be a problem athletically because he is a box safety and it's a lot of ground to cover. I don't think that they can get away with a tranquil Sebastian safety, even against Texas, even against I agree. freshman quarterback. I, I think, they're I, just not fast enough. No, I, I still um, think they're going to do it. Is my, is what I'm not yeah. saying I would do it. I'm saying that's you, what I think will happen. Yeah, so it's, I mean... It's Devin Studd still starting, Jalen Elliott backing him up. Neither of them have played in a college game because they're true freshmen. Uh, Studd still had a hamstring the first week of camp, was very limited, has returned to practice since. It's his job now. I like the things that we saw. I like the way he plays the game um, in terms of the intensity and the attitude he plays with. He plays hard, which is not something you ever described Max Redfield as doing. Um, so I think in – so. The locker room at Notre Dame now, minus Max Redfield, I think is a positive um, because he was he was a negative influence. Certainly over the weekend, why you were in a car with three sophomores and one freshman is is unexplainable to me, especially after you've had the Fiesta Bowl and you've had your head coach talk about how 
maturity is really happening here. You're playing at an elite level, and the light's really going on, and you're going to be the player that Notre Dame thought you were going to be out of high school. And to me, the dismissal of Max Redfield was the most predictable outcome. And I know yes, some people yes. in the national media were like, wow, Brian Kelly really dropped the hammer. To me, that's the bare, that was the bare minimum you could do with Max Redfield. It was always Kicked him off the team because Max Redfield made Brian Kelly look really bad. He made him look like he had been suckered in by the senior free safety based on the way he had behaved and the way he had played. So dismissing Max Redfield, I think, is a complete no-brainer for Brian Kelly to, to do after this weekend. Well, it's it, on, on top of the Fiesta Bowl situation. Yes. It's yes. behavior yeah. detrimental to the program. You are gone. And the first word that, that I heard coming out of the Notre Dame locker room was cancer with regard to, to Redfield. So short-term, yes, Tim, they lose all those starts. Long-term, it's going to be a good thing for the football team. I don't know. Max Redfield is a quality athlete and a poor football player. That's just the way it's always been. He doesn't have, you know, you talk about ball skills. Devin Studd still has ball skills, which is the number one, you know, along with speed and quickness and what have you, the number one asset that you need at free safety. Max Redfield doesn't have that. He didn't ever make plays. Yeah, I mean, it's we were talking about before the podcast, name one play Max Redfield. Max Redfield made his career. I can't think of one. With You mean without the help of Kavari Russell tipping a yeah. pass, right? Yeah, I mean, a play that he just went out and made. I can't think of one. This is how certain I was and we were that he would be dismissed from the team when you heard about this. If Max Redfield were any good, Kelly would have still dismissed him from the team for attitude and conduct detrimental to the team on the heels of the Fiesta Bowl thing. And as you said, being in a car with all the underclassmen, what in the world are you doing? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, camp has just ended. Just ended. Five hours ago, (laughs) we were talking to some of those Yeah, it's like barely there's like a a time gap that they could get south and north in that amount of time. I, I, I do think it, one interesting, I think, way to spin this forward is the leadership on the team is something Brian Kelly said was a real concern uh, going back to spring and summer and fall. They're really trying to push that forward. I don't know if I, I tie any of this to like that aspect of it. Like if Notre Dame, like if Manti Teo was on the team, would this still have happened? Probably. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think that a lack of leadership allowed this to happen, but I do think you remove kind of an anti-leader in Redfield where now you would hope that Kevin Stefferson would spend more time with Torrey Hunter and Tavon Coney would spend more time with James Anawalu and Ashton White would spend more time with Drew Tranquil and Cole Luke. Pe- people who are a little bit more positive influences around the team. An anti-leader. I like that. Yeah. I haven't heard that term, and I, and I think that's accurate. Well, now how, you know, looking ahead, what what is what happens now with Williams, Stefferson, Coney, and White, and who are the biggest losses there? I, I think Stefferson and... I mean, Stefferson is Stefferson de- definitely because he's in the receiver rotation. Dexter Williams because of what we one. saw. I think he's number one. I, I, the, again, the word I heard out of the from the locker room was Stefferson because they feel like he's the immediate impact guy. Whereas Williams, third running back, they were going to find ways. And again, we're not saying they're gone. Uh, they, they will likely serve a suspension. They will not play of against, a few they games. Will not play they will not. Texas. Obviously, they won't play against Texas. 
and probably not against Nevada. And I, there's no way for us to estimate no, no, those kind of things. We, we would all be shocked if they're on the field against Texas, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. that, that, okay. that, that, that won't Other happen. Than that, Stefferson won. Dexter Williams right there. Tavon Coney, because you know he would have been prominent on special teams. And against the run. We'd and against from... the run, the comment from BVG Wednesday was that he was the most physical of the Will linebackers. And Ashton White, depth, clearly Ashton White's going to be a special teams guy. Booker mentioned him as one of his core special okay. team starters. All right. So, so, I mean, those are four. That significantly cuts into the depth that everybody's been talking about last year and this year, the depth that Notre Dame has built. That, at least short-term, significantly cuts into the depth. Yeah, and then Devin Butler was out anyway with a broken foot. Uh, remains to be seen what happens with him. Um, from a legal perspective, the state asked for an additional 72 hours, which pushes into Wednesday to see what they want to formally charge him with. Uh, preliminary charges are two felonies, and that would mean that he would be gone almost immediately from Notre Dame. Um, it is worth remembering Tommy Reese faced a preliminary felony charge four years ago. That was reduced to a Not quite the same thing, though. He, Tommy, sim- similar, not the same. Yeah, Tommy Reese is running away. Yeah. Devin Butler is accused of actually yeah. attacking a police officer. Yeah, so we'll see probably, I mean, by the time we have our next podcast, there will be more clarity there, but Devin Butler suspended it definitely, but he was not a factor probably until October. Anyway. So much for the weekend off, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I want to go back to what Pete said, Would if Manti Teo was on the team, would this have happened? Sure it would have, because yeah. that's what happened with Tommy Reese. Mm-hmm. Manti Teo was yeah, on the team. A, I mean, a, it, a great point. Sierra Wood was suspended for the first two games of Manti Teo was on the team. You can't police, Manti Teo can't police his teammates, and Brian Kelly can't police 85 guys. And I don't want to get into a soapbox here about how they're not, they're, the last few off-seasons have been a lot of stuff. People talk about loving the Lou Holtz years. You want me to go back to some off-seasons of 88, 89, 90, and all the things that were going on there because they're similar. So, you know, yeah. It, yeah, it's, it's not a, a Brian Kelly problem. No, I mean, and Tim, you wrote a column over the weekend, which I thought was good. It's just like the circumstances have changed. But the behavior of college entitled athletes yeah. who think they're invincible has I mean, you know, not, the, that mentality is never changed. Quote back in the day yeah. was usually just alcohol yeah. to to excess. That's still true. We have some uh, extracurriculars added to it. Yeah, no question. Including firearms, which is well, that is the problem. That I mean, we don't I'm not going to make light of the other crimes involved, but that's that's the issue here. Look, it's the worst idea in the world to put weed in your car and go driving somewhere. With a broken taillight, by the way. Mm-hmm. Is that your advice, Tim? I mean, give don't. me a break. There are so <laughs> if many people. you possess weed, don't bring don't, it. Don't, it, is, it is kind of my advice. Look, I have never taken a drug other than alcohol, which I probably have too much of. But I have never taken a drug. I, all my friends, almost all of them have. None of them are dumb enough to do things like that. Because it's pretty easy not to get caught with weed at Notre Dame, which is why 60% of the students there aren't getting caught with weed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I'm serious. Like this is, it is not that hard to not get caught doing these things. There's a stupidity level here that Brian Kelly must be. I can't imagine his the phone call. I mean, his received that. The statement that they put out Sunday, you could see the contempt dripping off the words on your computer screen. Yes. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's as strongly worded a statement as you'll ever see come out of I think pretty much any head coach anywhere. Um, and because in the past when they've had issues, it's been I'm disappointed. Kids make bad decisions. You try to bring them back from them, but yeah, I'm really disappointed. This was almost I am absolutely freaking enraged. I cannot believe this. I, my eyes are bugging out of my head. <laughs> well, he should. It's it's amazing. It is this first weekend of school is becoming the annual event that I, he, he shouldn't let him go. 
They got to no, figure out a new way. They got to give them last weekend off and team, have a practice. Yeah, team movie night. Yeah. I mean, to do community service. Pro- it's 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 got to be so enraging and frustrating for him that you can't trust your players with one night. One they, night. They should be able to blow. And you know, this is interesting because players can go out to bars. I mean, they, Devin Butler wasn't the only football player at the linebacker. Yeah. But you don't have to get into This doesn't have to happen. You, you're a senior football player. You can go to the linebacker and have drinks when you're off. For the first time in three weeks, it's just, uh, it it is amazing the choices that were made. All right, well, we're going to come back for segment two. We'll take questions from our readers, and naturally, um, some of these questions pertain to uh, the the impact that these six players and their decisions will have on the football team in 2016. Welcome back to Irish Illustrated Insider segment two questions from our readers. First up, 08 Irish, please talk me out of betting big on Notre Dame to cover versus Texas. I think the spread is going to be about what? Four and a half. Four and a half. Well, that's easy. O'Malley's written about Notre Dame's struggles as a, as a, on the road in general, but as a as a road favorite under Brian Kelly, Notre Dame's five and nine. So betting big on Notre Dame as a road favorite, just follow the percentage is not a real good idea. Just watch the game. Root for them to win it. Yeah, I think isn't that the best <laughs> yes, thing to do on is, week one is yeah, to just you know, watch games before you is. start before you start betting on them. <laughs> we talked about it. We're good. We're it's it's over. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's done. All right, moving on. Club Fred ninety. How do recent events such as the two QB system and Friday night's arrest, which are a little different, change your outlook for the season? Uh, I mean, it adjusted downward, but I mean, I think you do have to go back to two thousand twelve, Reese. Calabrese, Sierra Wood, the low wood injury, which prompted yeah. a freshman to start in the secondary all year, which is what's going to happen this year as well, and then the defense was great. They don't have the material <laughs> now that they do then, um, but it would be a cautionary tale, because I think when that all happened, if this question had been asked, be like, boy, it probably looked, I thought they were going to win 10 games. Now I think they're only win nine, and they won 12. So <laughs> it's, you know... I don't know. It certainly makes me more pessimistic, especially if Dexter Williams, Ashton White, Tavon Coney, Kevin Stefferson are all clipped for six games. Well, that or would make a that, big difference. That would definitely change my opinion. I don't think Losing Max Redfield, <laughs> not really. Yeah, um, I mean, not, not, that, really. not, not that Isaac Rochelle would be in that situation, but if the name was Isaac Rochelle... It would be a, a lot sure. different. If the name was Cole Luke, it would be a lot different. I think but, you removed Max Redfield and lose him in the equation. That's, yeah, that's, that's a good way of putting it. it, I t- it, it and I agree. If, it, if these guys are gone for six games, then maybe that just... But it does, it does not change my opinion about the upcoming season at all, really. No, but it's because I assume they won't be gone for six games. I hadn't really... No. That would be, that'd be a lot, I think, for this situation with... Yeah, I think it would have happened already. I think he would have laid down the law a little bit more right away if it was going to be that bad. I, could be. We're all, I mean, we're guessing. Now. Other than the game one where we can't forecast them being out there reasonably, I don't know. Yeah. And I would assume no game Well, two. I think that uh, if he suspended them indefinitely, that would include practice, which doesn't make any sense. Right. You yeah. need to keep having them practice. Yeah. You have a question that you want to ask me? Yeah, this was from uh, Beeperton on Twitter, and he wants to know, what candidates do you envision cross-training at free safety moving forward? <laughs> I, I, somebody suggested Dante Vaughn. That would probably be a good idea, but it, you're, you're better to choose from 
the guys that have been playing the position for two weeks, Jalen Elliott would be the one that would, would join Devin Studstill. And Tim, remember how uh, Todd Light talked about Jalen Elliott in glowing terms in terms of, you know, not, before he got here, in yeah. terms of knowledge and, and uh, um, you know, eagerness to learn and those kind of things and preparation. Those are the guys that you're going to choose from. Somebody suggested moving Malik Zaire there. The learning curve would would be absurd. Choose from the guys that play the position. And Studstone and Elliott are the two top choices. I right want to be now. in the room when Brian Kelly tells Malik Zaire. To <laughs> because that would be uh, that'd be a moment. But uh, you know, I think you know Elliott moves up from probably scout team to start the year to varsity, and DJ Morgan goes from deep scout team to way we have to have him prepared in case someone gets hurt at Texas. So it, it helps guys traveling basically with what's going on. Um, Spencer Perry couldn't play free safety. He'd have to be a strong safety, and he would remain. He remains right there behind Tranquil and Sebastian. They have enough safeties right now. They're going to go with those six safeties. Vaughn is a third string. At, if Watkins comes back, Vaughn would be able to redshirt. So you might cross train yeah. Vaughn, but he's not going to go play. These other guys are going to get a chance first because Vaughn's a bit right now, obviously, a much more prepared college corner than he is safety. NYC Leprechaun. We have lost players. It seems like every season to major disciplinary issues and key players for the team. Is this just the new norm for the program? Is there something the university slash program needs to do differently? I don't think it's a new norm. I just think it's the norm. Right. I mean, you look back, there was the the rape situation of 2002. I mean, it's, as long as I've been on the beat stuff, there's always something happening. Maybe it's academic. Maybe it's legal. Maybe it's disciplinary. There's always just stuff with 85 college kids that's happening, and it's this there's is the, the rape, way it is everywhere. There's a rape situation of the mid '70s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's not this is not new. I th- I just think it's not the new norm. It's just the norm. I started going through some of these things for the musings, and then I kind of edited it out because I figured we'd talk about it. Norway won the national championship, and then over the next summer, lost All American linebacker to a DUI and subsequent accident. Lost its starting defensive tackle to grade slash weed. Lost its starting running back to grade slash weed. Had a transfer because of illegal contact with an agent that was innocent, but I mean, not a transfer, I'm sorry, loss of eligibility. This always happens. My freshman year of college, the team captains, Demetrius DeBose and Rick Meyer, were arrested at a party. Now, Meyer really didn't do anything wrong, but they were arrested at a party. It, it's, these things yeah. happen, coincidentally, the first weekend of school. they got to get rid of this yeah. thing, man. They, <laughs> they do, gotta, man. they got <laughs> to figure out a way to do, get rid of this. It's, no, this happens all the time. Um, there was, I guess there was a few years there where it didn't, and Nordic wasn't any good. So you're a big proponent (laughs) of uh, preseason controversy. I like small controversy. We've got another uh, Twitter question here from Notre Dame grad 04. Name the wide receiver outside of Torrey Hunter you expect to step up most this season. Uh, I would say, uh, I think, Pete, you're going to agree with me, but I mean, I think Equinemius St. Brown will will be. I've been agreeing on that one for for years. Uh, Yeah. yeah, I mean, I really I liked what we saw him in the last open practice, and if he can, I I liked what I saw of him when he came into the interview room, and he just see the stature of that kid. I mean, uh, I think he is stepping up. I think he's done that in the last two weeks. Will he be consistent every week for twelve games? No. Will there be times where he's going to face a good corner, and they do face some really good corners this year, where they're going to lock him down? Uh, you know, double team Hunter and force St. Brown to do something one on one, and he can't do it. Uh, I I would have said I, I might have said Stefferson <laughs> yeah. too, 
because of all the quality things that we've seen from him. Certainly, but I mean, you can I mean you can name a couple guys and probably not and feel good about mentioning Miles Boykin and right. some of the things that we've seen him do. I think he's going to be really key in a red right. zone, yeah. you know, because of his height and his reach. Uh, mine's C.J. Sanders. Well, yeah. I think he'll step up and be kind of the number, if not the number two target, the number two playmaker. That mm-hmm. makes sense. To do the most with his opportunities. Yeah, I think Boykin, not only red zone, I think if, the problem is he's got to get confidence and they have to get confidence in him, but he could be a the third and seven type guy you have in a wide receiver yeah. too. Yeah, I think he could play the role that we thought Ali Zay Jones yes. was going to play. Yeah. Or at least Without a, the explosion. You know, poor man's version. Well, he's going to, you know, that's you say third and seven. It's interesting because, I mean, they're going to, on third and seven, Torrey Hunter is going to get a lot of attention. Yeah. So if the, the quarterback is reading the situation properly, St. Brown is going to have opportunities in third and sevens a lot. All right. All right. The way, excuse me, but yeah. the way Chris Brown did, and he was yeah, very good yeah, on third that's down. That's a great call. I think that's a good one. Irish golf phase 83. With the events Friday night, do you see stricter recruiting policies going forward, similar to the lockdown years after Lou Holtz? I don't, I don't think that's something they need to look into. I think they work pretty well with it. You can't vet everybody. Um, well, you, admissions you treat, does a great job of yeah, you figuring treat, out who can get through who can get through school. You here. treat each situation individually. Yeah, you yeah, look at the individual and say, can he make it in Notre Dame? Does he is he going to represent Notre Dame well? I mean, did when they looked at Max Redfield? Did well if they read him the way we we read him, maybe they maybe there were some red flags. But yeah, I wouldn't even think so. I, I mean, I, I think when you first met Max Redfield, you didn't get that. Yeah. You know, I, I, I remember meeting Max Redfield the first time, and it was nothing like subsequent. I remember remember his first interview session. A lot of the questions were like, it was a bye week. He wasn't playing. A lot of questions were like understanding the defense. And he was, he came across as very mature about it. And, you know, hey, it's a lot to learn. I'm, you know, maybe not picking up as fast as I wanted to. I'm a little bit frustrated. Came across as kind of honest and genuine. Um, So I don't, I don't expect any sort of like recruiting change here. You know, it's, they, I think recruiting has changed since Elston took over, and I'm going to write about this week on Irish Illustrated after talking to him. Just like they, I think, are doing a better job of presenting who they actually are so they don't get into situations where prospects get here and be like, oh, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. Um, they can sort of weed out. They could do a better job <laughs> no, weeding, no weeding, yeah, weeding guys out <laughs> before they show up. I think they could do a better selection job than they did maybe under Tony Alford. But I, but I say that in the sense of like, I think they're already doing that. Before they show up when? For Before they enroll. First enroll. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like well, basically I mean, get guys out of the mix before, you know, they could show you, up. You look at, I mean, and not that we, we don't know Dexter Williams and Stefferson and Coney and White that well. We haven't had that much access to them. Pete, you've probably had more because of the recruiting process. But I mean, which, you're not going to look at any of those kids and say, you know they they don't belong in Notre Dame or didn't belong in Notre Dame before they arrived here. I talked, uh, I talked to Dexter Williams six hours before he was arrested for the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he seemed fine. Seemed like a really nice kid. Everybody was enjoying the cover. I mean, he was funny. He made a little. We made a little joke about do they uh, phase out Josh Adams when they talk about Florida all the time because he's the only running back that's not from Florida. He's yeah. laughing along with it. I mean, he's like, I got to go yeah. to Pennsylvania. <laughs> so it's you never you trade, know from this. Yeah. No, and I, I you know. I, when you're in admissions, you treat each situation individually. You, you you wipe the slate clean and, okay, who's next on the list? Let's look at him and be objective. It's not as clear-cut as saying, oh, okay, we're going to crack down now. Well, how? What do you yeah. do? What do you choose? Yeah, what are you cracking down against? Yeah. 
So no. Was the answer? <laughs> yeah. Right. TM, po- TM Pollard. What was your? Fi- <laughs> We're gonna veer off. Are we gonna end with this one? Sure. Why not? We're gonna veer off a little bit uh, from TM Pollard. What was your favorite event in watching the Olympics this year? Figured you may wish to talk about something other than the past 48 hours. I somehow missed this one. This is great. Uh, I, I was a big... I got really roped into swimming this year. Uh, it was kind of fun watching it with my daughter, who's six, who now wants to join the swim team um, cool. at the YMCA. So I uh, swimming was awesome. The Michael Phelps stuff I thought was great. Uh, it's You don't, There's another you don't, you don't story, watch you know? athletes like that and just like, this is a greatest of all time. Yeah type of athlete very often so it was cool to sit and watch that i did not get to see the track stuff last week with bolt um the highlights of it were pretty freaking amazing um but yeah the phelps stuff i thought was super cool i'd like to enter that race with him <laughs> like i don't have a no I'm the matter how good i am in the world <laughs> and i don't have a shot today <laughs> there's just no i think did we did i tell the the Katie Ledecky anecdote on there? No. I don't think so. My favorite part of it, obviously, when you said a legend, Katie Ledecky lapping the field literally yes. in the 800. But it's, I think it's really funny that as of some point of during the middle of the Olympics, she was interviewed and she said, you know, she's really nervous about enrolling at Stanford as an incoming freshman because she doesn't know who her roommate is yet. She hasn't met her and they don't know the names. They yeah. haven't exchanged names yet. How would you like to be the freshman roommate? With Katie Ledecky. So what'd you do this summer? Were you, uh, were you hanging out? Was, oh, I'm a lifeguard at the pool. Yeah, I was Study the pool abroad. Too. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, I, I, I go back to the, my earliest memories of the 72 Olympics. So I've had a lot of Olympics and love track and field. I've always loved the track and field. Watched that since I was 12 years old. And I mean, Bolt's ridiculous. You're right. I mean, the other guys go out there and it does not matter how well I run. It just <laughs> absolutely is well. not going to matter. Because Bolt's going to only try when he really has to try. Yeah. Uh, but he, but he's done now. And, you know, Michael Phelps, I mean, at age, what, 31, 32? It's, yeah, it's, 31. It's, it's pretty amazing and pretty ridiculous that that a guy can dominate the sport and, and, to that extent. And I know the gold medals, they have more events, so you can yeah. win more gold sure. medals. Yeah. And you're in more Olympics, which is interesting, but it's still remarkable. Yeah. I mean, it's not like they just give them to you because yeah. you show up. I did love the two-man kayak. I thought that was pretty cool, too. <laughs> Hi, yeah, that's probably the most obscure event I watched. I watched trampolining. Uh, oh, I didn't a little see bit that for the first time. I didn't see that. Um, watched a little bit of soccer, and then this is uh, the least basketball. Rowing. I watched some rowing. I did not watch any basketball. I didn't until the end when I was a little. I was thinking maybe this is going to be another close game with Serbia, and they beat them by thirty points from the outset. Yeah. So yeah. that was yeah. I was saying, like the Olympics come around, and every year I don't know if I just get a little bit more jaded or cynical. I'm like, I'm not. This is so lame. I'm not watching it. And then I start watching it, and you see like the reactions of the athletes and the tears come out. I'm like, God, oh, this is so great. Like, I love the Olympics. <laughs> in the in the present presentation of the yeah. events today yeah. is now so thorough and and. Uh, it's great. It's it's come and gone, and now we have to deal with the. Uh, <laughs> now we have to deal with some of the off the field things at, at Notre Dame. When are we coming back? We're coming we back on? Friday at the end of the week, August twenty sixth. Uh, we'll have access to BK this week and some players as it stands right now. Uh, I think we will definitely be talking to BK. We'll see about the players, but we're done watching practices, so no more instant analysis from practice. But uh, our podcast will return later this week. We'll have a bunch of content this week from interviews last week. BK. Spin all that forward, and then uh, the week after that, it's it's game week. So until then, Tim Priester, Tim O'Malley, I'm Pete Sanson. You've been listening to Irish Illustrated Insider.